The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. This week's episode is dedicated to knowing yourself deeply and thriving on your truth. The title of the episode is How to Live from Your Inner Truth Through Self-Actualization and Root Connection. This is my interview with Liz Ilgenfritz. Liz Ilgenfritz is a registered 500-hour certified yoga teacher, holistic sexuality educator, urban Zen integrative therapist, a thriving single woman, and a mother of four. From Wall Street to the yoga mat, she has developed an approach to well-being that allows us to discover and live from our core, from our center, using an integrated model, including holistic sexuality. She teaches workshops, has private sessions, and leads sisterhood circles where women discover a greater sense of well-being amongst their tribe. She joins me today via StreamYard to discuss all of these very interesting root-centered issues and holistic sexuality. Welcome, Liz. Congratulations on all of your success, and thank you for becoming a beautiful member of the Forever Fab community. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm really looking forward to getting into these juicy topics. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I'm excited already, and I guess I could make some really interesting comments, but I won't do that. We'll just go to the first question. <laughs> just really get into it. Yeah. Let's just get right into it. Liz, tell me, where are you from and what did you want to become when you were a child? Ooh, good questions. Well, I was born in Michigan, actually, in a small town outside of Detroit, not a fancy suburb of Detroit, just a little town in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's yeah, actually asking what would be a simple question. It's actually a really, really good question. <laughs> like it's a deep question because yes. what did I want to be? I don't know. I wanted to be what I, everyone told me I uh, should be. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, cause I was, a, was like the cute little pretty girl who was just like, okay. The so, good girl. You know? Yeah. The good girl. And you know, I grew up in the eighties, so I wanted to make money. I wanted to work on wall street. So I went to business <laughs> school and I worked on wall street. <laughs> you did it. Yeah. And so like, the, to the, but to really answer your question, I didn't even know what I wanted to be. I wanted to, I just knew what I was supposed to be, what everybody wanted me to be. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So <laughs> living somebody else's narrative, because frankly, that's all you know when you're a child. That's all I knew. Yeah. Up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of. Well, normal. it's what you're told. I actually think you really, really know. You yeah. know when you're born perfectly what you, what's inside. Mm. But then we're told something Different. that might not resonate. Yes. <laughs> so your, your journey to here where you are now, in fact, has been um, a long one, but a rich one. And you were an athlete before Wall Street, and then you were a Wall Street professional, as you mentioned. 
Then you ventured into new territory as an entrepreneur, right? You opened a, a um, was it a chain of juice bars before that yes. was even a thing. So visionary, yeah. I'm going to add to your resume. Then you became a mother and you now have four children. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. You're also a yoga teacher and an yes. educator. It's not, I mean, you have this illustrious resume. What would you say are the most impactful insights that you've gained from your journey so far? Because I know there's so much more to come from you. Oh, my goodness. Um, impactful <laughs> insights? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Throughout your oh entire my. journey. Like, was there Ooh. one thing, like, somebody from Wall Street said to you that you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to take this with me forever? Or something that oh. you learned, you know, that was just, like, so mind-blowing and expansive that it was transformative for you during your yoga training? A- any insights that, from, for you, were super impactful that you take with you everywhere? Oh, my God. That is such a big question. And I mean, the truth is there are so many of them. There are so many gems, so many gems. I mean, it's like, how much time do we have? Um, Like I always say, thousands of hours on the mat will like yield you a lot of gems. But, um, you know, let's just say this one, the first one that pops into my mind is, you know, there's no such thing. There's ultimately in the grand scheme of things of life, there isn't really any such thing as good or bad. Like, yeah. Things just are. <laughs> when we yeah. stop looking in at life in a dualistic way and we just, you know, we understand our part, we know who we are, we understand what our part is, we do our best, and we understand that there is a larger web around us. Like, we know what happens is meant to happen. And if it feels good or if it feels bad, we also understand that it's part of this larger journey. And then it got it, that, that sort of an integral le- recipe for finding and living inner peace. Very true. And so whether we interpret something as good or bad has so much to do, would you agree, with not only who we are, but who we're not, how we're sort of groomed and educated, our culture, our experiences. So you're right. What's good versus what's bad or not is completely that, individual. Yeah. That, that's a lot of it. And I think that probably, I think you would agree. And I think you're, you're, um, your listenership would, would understand that as you get older, you, you have a, a wealth of experience and hopefully you've been paying attention and you've been learning and you've been integrating things and you, 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 you're building wisdom, which spoiler alert, it's going to be one of my things in the end, um, okay. <laughs> is, is, is you start to understand that what seems like a terrible thing in the moment could ultimately lead to like the most delicious beautiful experience and, and growth and future experience that you wouldn't have had without that loss or, or thing that at the moment felt terrible. We know this, right? We yeah. know this through experience. So, yeah. I like that. <laughs> now, let's break that question down a, a little bit more. Let's get a little bit more nitty gritty about it. So what has being a Wall Street professional taught you from a business perspective, or maybe not, but I'm assuming from a business perspective that you still use today? Hmm. Oh gosh. Gosh, you ask a good question. Um, <laughs> That's my job, um, Liz. <laughs> you know, I'll say this. I will say, oddly enough, I wouldn't say that I'm taking anything with me that I learned in, in on Wall Street, but I guess in business school, mm-hmm. in terms of a very basic, super important thing I always have to remind myself of yes. personally, and I think everyone could benefit from is very simple marketing, um, <laughs> tenant of marketing. Kiss. Keep it right? simple, stupid. Keep it simple. We, <laughs> you know, like, and it's at Winston. I think it was Winston Churchill who's attributed with that expression of something to the effect of, 
you know, if I have, it's easy if I have three hours to say something, but if you want me to say it in three minutes, it's going to take yeah. a lot of work to get there. Whatever his quote is. Yes. It's like that. Like, how can I just be simple? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so true. It's so true. And on the, along the same lines, what did being an entrepreneur and starting those juice bars throughout that entire experience, what would you say is something that you learned that you thought, okay, I, I need to remember mm. this for a long time. Oh gosh, a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot of good stuff. So much. Good. I mean, the value of community, so important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, I, I built that business in a really interesting time. The landscape is so different for upcoming women entrepreneurs right now. I mean, it yeah. is night and day. There was yeah. nothing. There were no resources. I was alone, alone, alone. Like not only was I a single woman um, and, a, and, a, and a single mom, I was a sole entrepreneur. And, and, and you know, I didn't understand, like women tend, we women tend to do this, think we have to carry everything, everything. on our backs, right? Yeah. And so I didn't understand what it meant to be, to keep myself resourced and to ask for the help that I needed and wanted. And, and plus it, the resources largely just didn't exist. I mean, now it's like, anyone have anyone for like marketing for, <laughs> you know, temporary COO? I mean, there's just a wealth of resources out there. And, um, but so, so what did I, what do I take carrying forward? Um, so resources, but also really what I didn't know, I started that company when I was 29. Wow. And like I said in the beginning, when you asked me what I wanted to do when I was younger, when I was a child, um, when you have, especially when you have a retail store, mm. but when you're running a company in general as a woman, there, let me add in New York City, yeah. there is never a shortage of opinions oh, about right. who you should be, who you should serve, what you should offer, how you should do it. Right. Yeah. And for a person, a woman, all of us who are just used to being told everything and like our identity is somewhere outside of ourselves and to be mm. good and successful and happy is somewhere out here. Yeah. It's like I had eight heads. Uh, you know, <laughs> and, and now if I were running that company now, <laughs> I would be like, Vroom. yeah, <laughs> this is it. This is what yeah. we do. This is what I have to offer. Please come. You're invited. You know, right. just be so, can I swear? So yeah. effing, okay, so <laughs> fucking different. <laughs> I love to, you know, yeah, I love these. I love to use that as a sentence accentuator. Someone yes, told me that. Yes, right. It's a sen sentence accentuator. Yes. Um. Yeah. You know, that's how it would be. It would be very different. It would be, but you know, that experience was valuable. Obviously. Mm -hmm. So of all the how not things, to do it, the how not to do it. <laughs> Twenty um, ways to lose yourself while running a business. <laughs> <laughs> 50 ways right? yeah, so of all yeah. the things you have done what would you say was the most difficult of all those things that you have done um personally and professionally yes besides birthing children <laughs> that counts that counts personally I mean, yes yeah <laughs> I mean raising four children will bring you to your knees mm. Mm. it will just it will crush you wow still, you know some days it will still crush me but you know I, um, I have four children who are all unique, yeah. all and, and amazingly and happily. They're, they're so incredibly themselves. Great. It brings me nothing but the most, the deepest sense of, I don't know, a job well done to yes, see that they are at least that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That they are that. You know, I have one child who has high functioning autism, she's Asperger's. 
I have one child who is very robust in the LGBTQIA world. Like they've given yes. any given day, you know, I don't, right. I, I, won't, I don't even want to in this moment, identify what, <laughs> yeah. how I would identify it. Yes. I have another child who is super, super smart and super, super dyslexic, like bananas wow. in either wow. direction. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, these, these are, these kids have been my biggest gift and my biggest teacher. Wonderful. That's amazing. And what about professionally, the most difficult thing you've done? Running that company was really hard. <laughs> I was going to say. Running that company was really, really, really hard. I'm sure. Um, and I'll say, <laughs> yeah, this, gets a, this gets a little bit deep into it, but I think a lot of women who listen to your podcast would maybe get this. Mm. I have been um, in circles of communities, professional mm. communities of women mm-hmm. that have lifted me up. Oh, great. My entire life. And Great. from, from going to all girls Catholic school to yes. believe, it, believe it or yeah, not, working so on wall street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. Those Catholic um, school like girls. <laughs> sisterhood, a real yes, sisterhood, you know, is. beautiful yeah. stuff. And, and then, but ironically working on wall street group of women, I my MP wow. was with a woman. It was a bunch of women. I mean, it wasn't entirely, but it was like 90% women. I don't even yeah. know how that happened. Yeah. They were that's all amazing. Unusual. Yeah. And they were all these women who were just like, Lift, 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 you know, it was, you know, amazing. And then I've had a couple of, not a couple, I've had one experience professionally that was not that. And I found Mm -hmm. it like soul crushing. Like I didn't even understand it. Like, what are you, what is happening? Yeah. So when, when, when there are women who really are not in their power and do not understand sisterhood Mm. and live that small, wounded, contracted place. I didn't even realize, like, it was a huge blind spot for me. I didn't know it existed. And so that was professionally very difficult to pr- work through. So let's, let's, let's get a little deeper and let's talk about not necessarily wounds so much, but let's talk about the healing of wounds, you know, which a lot of it goes back to core issues or so, so let's sort of veer our way to that. Um, and I want to start off by talking about a little bit anatomically, at least about the core. So the core, right? It's not just the abdominal muscles, right? Everyone says core, you know, engage your core, hold your core. It isn't really just the abdominal muscles or your belly muscles. Why, from your perspective and the work that you do, why is this part of the body so meaningful um, in the study of the self, who we are, who we're not? And when you say living from your core, what do you mean by that? I hope you remember all parts of that question because we're going to have to come back to it. No that's, worries. That's, that's again, a few hours. But again, I'll do the, try to do the Winston Churchill thing. So number one, the physical core. So yes, the core, the, our core, even our physical core is not really just from, from here to here. You can't even see it all. What is, where does your core begin and where does it end? I mean, if you're standing, your core starts in the soles of your feet, you know, to the, to the, to the crown of your head, to the yep. membrane within your skull. And, yep. and um, you know, we have a deep core within our bodies. It includes the soles of our feet, our pelvic floor, our respiratory diaphragm, our throat diaphragm, the top of our head. And then it can even include, you know, our armpits. There's this like innerness within us that is really yeah. all part of our physical core. Yes. So it makes me cringe to hear people say <laughs> things like, hold in your gut, belly button to the spine, da 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 da. It's like, ah. Also because the true way to work your core mm. is to do it in a balanced way. 
You know, I mean, even let's just let's just go into this area here. Yeah. Our the job of our core is to balance our rib cage and our pelvis. That's what it does. I mean, in terms of like this musculature, if we keep it in this container. Yeah. And so when we do when we say instructions like draw a belly button to the spine, it's it's I, I wish I had a better a good metaphor for it, but it's 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 um it's inadequate. Yeah. It's one, right? We're talking about a 360 degree top to bottom, you know, spherical, cylindrical shape. And you want me to just like go, right. And then, you know, and then I'm going to like tuck my pelvis, put mm. my low back in like the opposite orientation that it should be in. So then I'm already unbalanced. It's just like, it's also wrong. So when I work with women, we do work on the core. It really comes from the pelvic floor and it comes from from that deep, deep layer within the body. And it comes from a place where the pelvis and the rib cage are aligned mm-hmm. and they work together. I love the way that you describe that because I personally am I'm a yoga practitioner. And when someone says to me, belly to spine, I'm like, oh my God, can I, I'm not really sure I could do that. It just doesn't feel right to me. It feels as if I'm taking one part of something greater and trying to stick it to the back of that cylindrical kind of vessel. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting it. <laughs> it doesn't really work. And you know what? Yeah. I just said it that way. Also, because the other thing that you might hear a lot, which is just equally shocking is draw your belly button to the spine. And then in the next second, you're hearing now breathe. Right. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was just Hold looking on. at my belly. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to breathe if I'm holding in my gut? I'll yeah. tell you what happens. And this is where I end up having clients with pelvic floor disability. Mm. What happens is if you try to do that, you're breathing entirely up here and your whole body should be breathing, you know? And, and if we even just go beyond the, the lungs, this is a, ca- whole, a, a, ca- a cavity, right? I mean, let's yeah. call it that a container. And the lower part, the belly, the, the abdominal cavity is related to the, to the upper cavity. And so if you're cutting off the lower cavity, you're not giving it the breath and the movement, which is life and circulation that it should be having. And then you can end up with pelvic floor dysfunction right. and you end up coming to going to a pelvic floor PT or coming to see me to work with, uh, with your pelvis. So speaking of working with the pelvis and your center, your core, you know, that inner innerness, how, why, and, and as your, your best sentence, your best description of something that's very complex, understandably, why is it that working with the core is so important in our self-identity and our self-empowerment? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the easiest way to talk about it is to talk about the chakra system. And there's you know, so many different schools uh, that, that, that have versions of the chakra system. And so there isn't like one specific right way of talking about it and thinking about it. But let's just speak in where there's a lot of commonality. The first chakra is at the base of the the spine, somewhere around the tailbone, in front of the tailbone, in your perineum. Um, And that is responsible for um, our foundation, our sense of security, our sense of survival, Mm -hmm. our sense of being rooted with the earth, okay, and and alive. The second one is higher. It's in the, um, the second chakra is uh, the sacral chakra. And that is, it's, you know, sort of in front of the back of the pelvis, which is, you know, maybe around where the uterus is, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and that is the, the, the energetically the place of creativity, uh, reproduction, reproduction sensu- yeah. sensuality, sexuality, um, 
emotionality, these kinds of things are, are all within the second chakra. And then the third, which is at the solar plexus, is really where we move our inner gift out into the world, you know, mm. or not. <laughs> right, or not. Right. Yeah. So if we're if we're grounded, we understand our role in creation and in our and, and our, we allow our creativeness of who we are to come forward. And then we're able to live that again now up through our third chakra. These are essential parts of, of who we are, how we connect with the earth, and how we then begin to be able, once we're, con- we have to be connected with all of that before we can actually ever live authentically. I thought you described that beautifully. And okay, good. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. You have, you had a yoga teacher. Is it Leslie Howard? Yes. Leslie, Leslie yes. Howard. And she said, uh, every pelvis has a story. Explain that. Mm, gosh. Well, <laughs> um, Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. She's so brilliant. First of all, um, she's my yoga for the pelvis teacher. Um, you know, <laughs> from from the time that we're born, yes, we are taking in information about our pelvis. Even as we're little babies, you know, we may have been born into a situation where, when a child very naturally puts their hands on their external genitals, a girl puts her hand on her vulva, the mother might, or the father might move the hand away from there. Like, don't touch that. You're yeah. already getting messages that that's somehow wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you just can just go on from there. Well, you know, what yes. we're hearing about our period and, you know, dirty and emotions. And oh, I mean, gosh, just, yeah. I, you know, so we're always getting, we're always getting information and, and we're always having experiences and really, so our, our, our pelvis, it's also, it's, it's a super highway. <laughs> All day long, <laughs> things are coming in and things are going out. Things yep. are growing and things are shrinking, right? Whether it's water and food moving through our digestive system through our mm-hmm. pelvis, and then any, anything related to digestion and evacuation are related. Yes. Breathing, breathing. Yes. You know, like I said, that's yes. related. Um, and, um, and, you know, obviously sexuality, um, things coming in, <laughs> things going out, <laughs> babies, um, and, and, and reproduction. I mean, this, you know, the seed of life is, is continually being generated. I mean, how fucking awesome is that? Yeah. And every month a seed of life is potential life. Let's be really fucking clear about that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the seed of potential life is being, uh, created with, within us. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're preparing to, for the potential of it and, and then, you know, evacuating that if, if it's not required. So there's just so much that's always going on, even without having um, external relational experiences about it. But then there's also that as well. So you can just imagine how many variations. I mean, every variation of, of someone's, of a woman's pelvis is unique. Yes, very true. And so every pelvis does have a story. And every story is different. And every story is different. I love that you said that your pelvis, our pelvis is a super highway. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, how would you describe yourself in one word? Ooh. Uh, radiant. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, that's right. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> You've been listening to part one of the Forever Fab podcast with my fabulous guest, Liz Ilgenfritz. Stay tuned for part two.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.